Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Saturday to everyone out there. It is a beautiful evening here in the Chattanooga area. I hope everyone's weekend is going swimmingly. And welcome to episode 248 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a $5 backer of the podcast over on Anchor.fm. So if you miss the show ever and you prefer listening to podcasts, or if you want to listen to a podcast anyway, check out on iTunes, Google Play, all of the various locations, uh, probably about a day or so after at the very latest. The quickest I am is the night of, night after the show, and sometimes it'll take me until the next day, depending on things going on. But I wanted to start first off by saying, I don't know if any students are watching tonight, but for those that are who have had me, either from New Orleans or from the area that I'm living in, uh, congratulations and happy graduation. I don't know what's going on in New Orleans as far as their schools are concerned. I think they may still have another week or two. Uh, but my uh, first round of students graduated uh, from my new school uh, since I've been up here now a couple years. Uh, my first round of students graduated today, so that was really cool to see. And, of course, I've been pegged to help with live streaming, so I got to actually be up in, in the booth, and it was nice and cool. Weather was beautiful outside. We were able to have a lot of people, and we were able to have a, a normal graduation uh, with almost no real differences at all, except for not having a reception after, uh, because obviously of COVID restrictions. But anyway, congratulations to everyone out there. Uh, if you have graduated from high school or college or wherever you're from, uh, it's awesome, and good luck with the next steps of your life. We are multi-streaming tonight once again to YouTube, DLive, Odyssey, and also to Periscope. So again, shout out to the Odyssey fam. They're still working on things, still don't really have any notification system as far as I'm aware, but I was saying this to the people listening early because I do have to have my mic live for the Odyssey fam a few minutes early because of the way I have it set up for me to be able to stream to them in the first place, that... Um, I do see what the Odyssey team was saying a couple of streams ago about how whoever you're following, if you're on your Odyssey page and you're on the page for followers, if any one of your followers is live streaming, it will show up as live um, for that person. So I did see that, but they still need to add a dedicated live section. That'd be awesome if they could do that. And a, uh, a really well-integrated in uh, notification system would also be great. If they can get those things, they will easily be able to rival the evil people over at YouTube. But speaking of which, hail to the YouTube fam, most especially hail to Stephanie B and Tina B. They are my Valkyrie. They are my mods. Thank you both again. It's crazy. I was thinking about this just the other day about how we're right around the three-year anniversary of the channel. Been doing this now consistently for three years. Uh, and a lot of the success and a lot of the ability for me to mentally get through the last few years has been much thanks to Stephanie and Tina. Stephanie, very early on, was a follower of the, of the channel. She joined some of the first live streams I ever did as a viewer. Didn't take long for me to, to give her the wrench and make her a mod. And then, of course, Tina B, not too long after that, um, also became a mod because she was always here, consistent, always active in the chat. And... I found out from that both of them are amazing, beautiful human beings. So I just wanted to send a special shout out uh, to, for today's episode uh, to Stephanie B and Tina B, the Valkyries. So Tina, the Empress of the Universe, Stephanie B, the General of the Valkyries. Because again, uh, so much of what we are able to do here 
uh, for the chats, especially uh, during the very difficult times. We've had difficult times in the chat where, where we've had to uh, ban people, time out people, and, and it's been crazy. So luckily, we, we've been blessed with, with calmer waters um, for the last year and a half or so. Uh, but again, thank you and shout out. Show a lot of love to the Valks in the chat tonight because they deserve that love. Let's say hello to the other peoples in the YouTube chat. We had a couple people here early. We got Snortapoopus, Cuber, who's a member, says, Hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Father Christopher Miller, hail, Father. He is the chaplain of the channel, saying, Hail to the chat, just finished Invincible and wow. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. Uh, I'm kind of just more hesitant to start that show because I, not that I don't like animated shows, it's just, I don't know, there's something about the very little I've seen of the animation where I'm just not, it's not that I don't like it or I, I think it looks bad or anything, it's just I'm not drawn to it. You know, sometimes you're drawn to shows for a wide variety of reasons. For this one, I just haven't really felt that yet, so I'm not saying I won't, I won't ever give it a chance, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Glad to hear that it's good, though, Father. We got Laura. It's a short story. What's going on, Laura? She is the modern major general, and she is also amazing. She had a great suggestion last night on Friday Night Tides. I was so glad I was able to actually get that into the show about how our intro features often uh, Grace Randolph doing her so, so, and trying to get Perry Chan to combine that with the Freddie Prince Jr. uh, bruh. Bruh, 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 bruh. I think that'd be a hilarious combination. If anyone can do it well, I think it'd be Perry Chan. But dear Lord, I think that might that combination might drive some people uh, insane. So <laughs> maybe maybe Perry shouldn't, or maybe he should. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of drawn towards uh towards towards the latter there. All right, G Monkey seventy six says hello, Odin. Having some meat lovers pizza tonight. Yes, hail to the pizza. If you're having your pizza, boom. Congratulations. I, I've had two, I've had, technically I've had about three nights of pizza in a row because uh, we had, uh, my mom was in town, so we had pizza on Thursday night. I had leftovers for Friday night tights and then because of our limitations on food and, and, and my wife typically likes to make the schedule for the week as far as the meals because I'm typically the one that, that's cooking, uh, usually cooking on the grill. And so she just didn't have the energy to do that. And so we just decided to have pizza since we, we had it. So I had pizza again, double pepperoni, uh, like always. And it was delightful. It was delicious. But definitely need a break. You know you know, I love pizza, but too much pizza. Not not good for the arteries. Uh, Snorta Poopa says, I use audiobooks to keep uh, my tiny bear brain occupied at bedtime. Yeah, my wife does audiobooks. Uh, she falls asleep to audiobooks. I tend to do a lot of rant. I, I listen to, I watch YouTube shows, depending on what's going on. I watch, I, I tend to watch a lot of, a lot of random stuff. Like, I don't, I don't tend to watch uh, different content creators from the community. I tend to watch more, like, tech stuff, like, random things. Um, and then also, of course, I watch various movies and shows from time to time as well. Uh, so, um, typically it's films that can be viewed on a phone, right? I know that's sacrilege in a lot of ways, but don't worry. It's not like I'm watching a giant big budget film on my phone. It's like I'm watching the smaller stories where the story is what matters more so than anything else. And normally it's, I started it on a big screen and then I I moved on to, to finish it, uh, because I wanted to be able to finish it for review purposes and just to be able to, cause I have the actual time to do so as well. All right. We got Zakay man on YouTube. What's going on Zakay man? 
He was over on Odyssey earlier as well. Thank you for joining. He is a member. Uh, both ZK Man and Laura both uh, part of the Chosen of Valhalla. So always great to have them here. Golden Ration, Taddy652. What's going on, Golden Ration? 13th Warrior, who's a member. Hail to you. Glad to have you in the chat. Uh, Tina B says, I saw Jupiter's, Jupiter's Legacy and thought that thought it was that movie where his name was Half Dog and Mina Kunis was clearing out space toilets. Oops. Yes. D- very, very different film. That's, uh, was that Jupiter Ascending? Or something like that? Very different film uh, and different story. Yeah, Jupiter's Legacy, which we'll be talking about a little bit tonight because I'm about six episodes in, so I've got two more episodes before I finish the first season. And uh, for the most part, I'm I'm digging the story, but I'm very, very mixed on the experience. And I'll go more into detail about that in a second. But I can say it's better than Jupiter Ascending uh, with Mila Kunis. That's that's for sure. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, what's going on? I see the, I see you there, Miss Martin Muses, with that rose. Thank you very much for being here, Miss Martin Muses. God bless you. On the traditional calendar, it's the Feast of uh, St. John Baptiste de la Salle. So, shout out to uh, the Christian Brothers schools out there. Uh, let's see. Forever Sci-Fi, welcome back to the chat Uh, Tina B, thank you for letting them know how to contact me. So if you are on YouTube, the way to have a comment or question read is to type Odin question, all one word, Odin question. It'll highlight orange. It'll let me know you're trying to get my attention. And if you don't want to do that, or if you don't want to wait 20 to 30 minutes, because I do fall behind since I do read the live chat, um, not live because I fall behind because I try and answer questions as I can. If you want to skip the line, as it were, and have better access, then you can always donate via Streamlabs, which is the preferred way, uh, because YouTube don't get a dime of the Streamlabs donation, or you could, of course, do Super Chat, whichever your preference is. So again, all that is up to you. We got some people over on DLive. What's going on, DLive fam? We got Daniel Thorne and Phonemo hanging out on DLive. Hail to you both. Glad to have you both here. Zach Gregg in the chat, Super Anime Gamer. What's going on, Soup? Says, hey, what is up, my dude? I honestly forgot Jupiter's Legacy and Netflix Miller World existed. Yeah, I only knew about it because two weeks ago it was mentioned on Friday Night Tights. And it was mentioned at the very beginning. Not a whole lot was said about it. And I was like, well, I like fantasy. I'm drawn to fantasy sci-fi type stuff. And I, I I tend to like those types of stories about superheroes and origins and you know, different takes on the superhero genre, and I decided to start watching it, and again, I'm intrigued by a lot of the concepts, there's some things that I really enjoy, and then there's other things where I'm just very, very mixed on it, um, but again, more more on that when I catch up with the with the chat. Uh, Orange Eye Reviews at 6.57 says, good evening, good evening, Viet, wait, what? I mean, hey, Odin, sorry, I thought I was Robin Williams for a moment, wow, that was crazy. Yep, and that's why for the summer, typically, uh, last year, we did the Good Morning Asgard podcast, and it was always, Good Morning Asgard! Obviously, in uh, much love, much respect, and dedication to the late, great Robin Williams. All right. We got Bruce in the chat. What's going on? Andrew Hoyle, here on a Saturday night. He is also chosen of Valhalla, and he is many hours ahead. Says, Hola, amigos and amigoeses. It would just be amigos and amigas. You don't have to make it so complicated, good sir. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Alex McCarthy. J. Alex McCarthy Jr. is a member. Says, howdy, oh, 
Odin. How's it going, House Thor? Watch Those Who Wish Me Dead last night on HBO Max. It's neat and entertaining. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. I may have seen a promo for that. Don't really know a whole lot about it. Uh, Baby Thor is doing great. He's around seven months. Just hit seven months the other day. So he's he's getting big. He's he's making a lot of the the goo goo gaga sounds, and it's a lot of fun trying to get him to to say and form words. So it's been great. And with uh, summer very very uh, quickly approaching, because this week is exam week, so all my days this week are, are essentially half days. It means that we're getting very very close to me spending a lot more time, being able to spend a lot more time with baby Thor, which is why in the very beginning of summer, there might be some questions as far as to when the Good Morning Asgard podcast will start, because I do plan to bring the Good Morning Asgard podcast back. It'll be an Odyssey exclusive stream. Uh, the question is going to be the timing, because I'm going to be, you know, because my wife's still full-time working over the summer, uh, as her not being a teacher, and so therefore I'm going to have to try and figure out a time for that, and it might have to be a flexible time, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it works, and obviously I want to have it to be a schedule where I'm not burning myself out because no one would want that, <laughs> especially me. All right, Stephanie B., it is still Easter. Absolutely, Stephanie B., it is still Easter. Technically, we are in Ascension Tide uh, because the Feast of the Ascension was on Thursday as well as the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the first apparition of Our Lady of Fatima. And unfortunately, we we live in an age where all of these important feasts are transferred. Oh, no, we'll just transfer it to the next Sunday because going to Mass an extra day of the week is just too difficult for most people. It's like, come on, people. Come on now. Anyway, so uh, it is, though, still the Easter season. So, blessed, blessed Easter. All right, let us see what is going on here. Uh, Bifford a Hobbit. What's going on, Bifford a Hobbit? At uh, 659 says, your thoughts on the Lord of the Rings first season of the show is estimated to come in at $450 million. It actually isn't as bad I, as some might suspect it to be, because it really depends on, on how many episodes they do. Because if you think about it, if they were to do, you know, 10 episodes, you know, that would be what? $45 million an episode? Which, again, that, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money per episode, but I do feel like it could be more. Again, I don't know what metrics they're going to be using and how many episodes and everything. So it could be a both a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the number of episodes and also where that money is actually going. Right? If that money is going towards the production to make you know real sets, preferably, or if they're going to have to use CGI to make it look pristine and the best you could ever have then I think it could well be worth it. The question that I always have with streaming services in general, though, is when you have it available as a part of your streaming package, the question of how you make that money back. You know, it's one thing for a juggernaut like Netflix, which typically runs, based on uh, people who have talked about this before, they basically always run in this negative territory, but somehow I guess they make it up in other ways because of different, you know, revenue streams. It always makes me wonder... For shows like this, which cost so much, like going back to OG HBO before HBO Max, obviously for them, they had the subscriptions through the cable providers and through individual HBO Now subscriptions, because that was before uh, the HBO Max, when they had shows like Game of Thrones, which cost as much as it did, you know, how they were able to recoup investments in that way. So yeah, if Lord of the Rings ends up costing that much money, and I'm assuming the episodes are going to be limited in number, as most shows nowadays are, costing that much money, though... 
per episode, how they're going to make it back. It's a good question. I honestly don't know exactly how they're going to be able to uh, to sway that, to be honest. Uh, Mike Jackson, what's going on? Says, coming from Drunk Stream. Dude, Drunk's been rocking it. He has just really been rocking it recently. So shout out to Drunk3PO. Uh, and it's awesome to see his streams blow up like that. Uh, Keck44, what's going on, Keck44? Welcome to the chat. He was here at 659. Uh, we now have a donation via Streamlabs. Thank you very much for donating. You also get the little cute gif of Willow. You see a little Willow up there in the corner. Uh, James, thank you again for another donation. Says, hey, Odin, hope you are doing well. What are your thoughts on Timothy Dalton on James Bond? I think he played Bond the best. I can say, good question, because my wife and I are we're about to get into the third of the Pierce Brosnan so we have not moved really any further in the series since the last stream on Tuesday. But Timothy Dalton's ones were the best as far as me and my wife are concerned. The, the ones that we liked the most were the Timothy Dalton's. But I, I will say, I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, director. Because I believe the guy's name, and it's funny that because there's other people, there's someone else named this. Uh, the director, I believe, was John Glenn. John Glenn also directed uh, three, I believe, the last three, it was either the last two or three of the Roger Moore uh, James Bonds. And those were my favorite of the Roger Moore Bond films. I, I thought all three of those were pretty solid and pretty good. And it started with For Your For Your Eyes Only, which I actually thought was the most cohesive of all of the uh, of all of the Roger Moore films. But yeah, the two that I like most are actually both the Timothy Daltons. I think those are just, I think, the best made. I think Timothy Dalton plays the character well. It's obviously a, a different take, right? It's a much more serious take, but there is some levity to the character as well. And it, it just, I don't know. I, I just like it. I, I think the stories are also very well written, but I do think because of John Glenn being the director for all five of those films, and that really, I think, being the staple as to the films being really good, I think it has more to do with it than anything else. But yes, I agree. I think Timothy Dalton was a great James Bond, but I think it, it's less to do with him being the best Bond per se, and and more so with it being just the best movies. Like that, just as movies objectively, I think that the two that he was in were the best of the films made. I know a lot of people are going to argue saying Sean Connery was the best Bond, and I think if you're going to talk about James Bond as an individual personality and character, definitely think there's an argument to be made there. I, however, do not think the earlier Bond films with Sean Connery or Roger Moore, I don't think that quality-wise they even hold a candle to the Timothy Daltons. But that's just my that's just my opinion. So, anyway, good question. All right, Forever Sci-Fi at 7 o'clock says, I just finished watching AK-47 Kalash... Kalashnikov, Kalashnikov, I probably mispronounced that, Kalashnikov, uh, it's the most happy and positive Russian movie I've ever seen, and it's about the inventor of one of the most prolific weapons of death of the 20th century, interesting, forever sci-fi, Evan S, what's going on, welcome back to the chat, uh, the wake down, tagged and says, not to get too personal, but you're from New Orleans, I'm from Baton Rouge, spent a lot of time in New Orleans back then, yeah, born and raised in New Orleans, so spent most of my years there. We got the Wake Down donating via Streamlabs. Thank you. Wake Down for using Streamlabs. It really does mean a lot. Thank you for the $3 donation over there. He says, Hail Odin. Not too sure how long I'll be able to stick around in the chat. I have a lot going on tonight. Just a tip to support quality content. I wish I could do more, but at least know it's still more money 
than I'll ever give to Hollywood again. Well, thank you very much, The Wake Down. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, dude, seriously, uh, just dropping the like, uh, showing support in that way, sharing the stream is, is already enough. Uh, again, the most precious thing anyone can ever give in life is time. So thank you already for being here uh, during you know pretty much every single stream. And so thank you for, for donating the, uh, the $3, man. And it may not seem like a lot, but it really does help. So thank you very much. I really do appreciate it, man. And thank you for the kind words as well. All right. Pat S. says, happy anniversary. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we are about, th- we are about at the three-year anniversary of the channel. Yeah, I'll have to look back and see when the actual official video... Because I want to say the first official video I did was... It was either a video I did on MoviePass, because there was a lot of drama. Back when MoviePass was a thing, there was a lot of drama going on with MoviePass at the time. And then there was also... Uh, another video I did, which was like the first one I like sat down with an actual camera, and I did that one on on John Campia because that was dealing with Solo, a Star Wars story, and and Campia trying to shill for Star Wars during that process. Uh, Laura, it's a short story. Laura, you're already too generous as enough, enough as it is, but thank you so much. Laura just dropped a twenty dollar donation via Streamlabs. Thank you, Laura, so much for. Again, Laura's been also with me for a long time, better part of two, two and a half years, I think. Uh, a huge portion of this channel's life, Laura's been around. So thank you very much for, for being a longtime supporter and just for being an amazing human being as well. So thank you very much for that, uh, for that donation. She says, congratulations on making it through a very difficult school year. And thank you for establishing this wonderful channel. I'm off to see a movie. You have a great stream. Well, thank you very much, Laura. I really do appreciate that. Yes, go enjoy your film. I know that you had shared the, uh, the ticket on our... Uh, on Discord, let me see if I can find it. Where was it? I think it was in the movies tab, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's going to see Army of the Dead. So let me know, Laura, how Army of the Dead is. And again, thank you so very much for being always very generous uh, with with your words and with your support. It really does mean a lot. Shout out to Laura, the modern major general. All right, we got Not Another Dime. What's going on, Not Another Dime? Always a good supporter here. And, of course, over on Friday Night Tights as well. Dropping a $10. That's a super chat. Says, have some gold. Gold finger. Is that what you're trying to get? I see the finger there. Gold finger. Probably one of the best intro songs of the James Bonds. Because it's gold finger. <laughs> it kind of has to be. When you're singing about a finger of gold, you've got magic. Uh, Stephanie B says, hello, Chief. Happy three years. Thank you, Stephanie B. Thank you again for, for being here for the vast majority of it. Laura says, let us know when you have your three-year uh, anniversary stream. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, Laura. Will do. Yeah, I'll have to work it out. And again, whether it's already happened or not, we'll definitely have like an official three-year anniversary celebration stream for sure. And I'll have to get I'll have to figure that out. Nathan Slay, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Chat has jumped on me like it always does. Uh, so luckily, or hopefully, uh, not too many chats were skipped at 7.04 in the chat over there. We got Daniel Thorne over on DLive. Thank you very much for watching over there. Let's check out uh, my Odyssey fam. Odyssey fam just got uh, one other person. That's okay. Again, Odyssey still needs to figure out notifications and things like that. But 
That's perfectly fine. Let's talk about, before going back into the YouTube chat, let's talk about Jupiter's Legacy. So Jupiter's Legacy is a Netflix series, and it is created by Stephen S. DeKnight. Now, as I was watching these first six episodes, I actually didn't know who Stephen S. DeKnight was. I had no idea his history or his pedigree, but having looked him up, I can understand now why there's a lot of things that I do like about Jupiter's Legacy. For one... He's, of course, the producer, executive producer. He's, he's, he's again, the creator of the series itself. But also, he had a major hand in the Daredevil show. So, the Netflix Daredevil series, which was spectacular. He was also involved in Spartacus, which I've heard really good things about as well. He also was a part of Dollhouse, which was a Joss Whedon production, which, despite people's thoughts about Joss Whedon, again, I can separate art from the artist and a lot of things, um, Dollhouse, for me, I, I really like Dollhouse. I think that some could probably find an argument to be made about some messaging and things like that, but personally, I actually really liked the storyline of Dollhouse. I thought it was very creative, and just like a lot of other Joss Whedon shows, didn't have a very long life. It got only two seasons or so, so the fact that he was involved with that... Uh, it says here he was listed as a consulting producer, and he also wrote one of the episodes. It was pretty cool. He was involved with Smallville. He was involved with Angel. And he was involved with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So uh, this guy has a really good pedigree of shows. Like all of those are, you know, of the ones that I've seen, they're all solid. And of the ones I haven't, I've heard solid things about them. Uh, so that, I think, explains why there are a lot of things that I do like about the show. That being said, there are also a couple things I don't like, and one of the biggest, of course, this is something that I've mentioned on the sh on the channel several times before, I just hate how Netflix, HBO, any of these streaming services, I hate how a lot of them just feel this need to throw in things that are really unnecessary. When they throw in, you know, random language, for instance, again, it doesn't bother me as much as some other things, but there's times when you're like, is that really the most clever thing you could have written? Like, to me, you start to add in those types of things because your writing is not clever enough to be able to exist without them. You know, it's interesting because I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I think they made a very interesting point. You know, everyone always, I think, when they look back at 40s and 50s era Hollywood, they always talk about how the uh, the code was such a restrictive measure, right? The code that existed that restricted freedom and freedom of expression in filmmaking. And I do think there's truth to that, right? Because there were limitations. And yet, when you were to ask, and if you are to ask most people what the best decades of film were or what the best movies ever made were, isn't it interesting that almost universally they come from that same era? And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that these creators, these writers, and these directors at that time in history were essentially forced to be more creative. It meant that they had to be able to create something that was smart, that was able to, of course, fit into this certain criteria, this certain code, but still also be good. And it meant that they couldn't rely on sex. They couldn't rely on drugs. They couldn't rely on foul language to try and bring people in, like a lot of other movies and shows tend to do. Right, That was one of the biggest problems with Game of Thrones is that Game of Thrones had such a great, rich story, and yet you got so distracted because of all of the excess nudity and sex, just was, which was unnecessary. It honestly was unnecessary that the show would have been better had that stuff not been there. 
had they focused instead on the writing and on the story. And of course, that goes to the novels as well. But again, that's a that's a whole tangent there. But in this show, it, it falls into some of those traps, though I am glad to say that it's not pervasive. There really isn't much nudity to be had, but there are a few, so far in the in the episodes that I have seen, the first six episodes, there are a couple of sexual sequences, which, again, I don't think serve much of a purpose. I don't think that they add, really, to anything uh, to the show. And so, again, that that's one of the gripes that I have, is that it, it, once again, adds itself to another one of those shows that just has to rely on that, even if it is very minimal, which, thank, thank God, it is very minimal, it's still there nonetheless, but it is interesting. So just as the basic synopsis given here on IMDb, it says the first generation of superheroes has kept the world safe for nearly a century. Now their children must live up to their legacy in an epic drama that spans decades and navigates the dynamics of family power and loyalty. And that spanning of decades is, I think, also where there starts to come some some tension and some issues with the story that I have, because the entire show, every episode, you're jumping back and forth between the present time and back in like the 1920s during the era of the stock market uh, the stock market crash so like you're you're going back to the late 1920s early 1930s so you're you're going back and forth every single episode it it happens at times rather sporadically because they are very clever in that they do change the aspect ratio so whenever in the, they're in the present the black bars like come in from the top and bottom and tells you that you're in a different time, whereas when it goes back in time, it actually will expand out, but it's still in color, the production value is still essentially the same, they don't change anything with, like, film quality, like, there's a, there's some things they could have done that I think could have actually had those transitions work a little bit better, but even that wasn't really an issue. The issue to me was just that there are times when the story goes back and forth where it just, it feels like, they, they have these two stories. They have the origin of how they became superheroes, right? Because that's what's happening back in the past. So they have this story of how they became superheroes. And then they have, of course, what's happening now in real life. And so it looks like what they said was, ooh, this could be clever. Let's just have it where it goes back and forth. That way we can tell both stories and they'll kind of be connected in a certain way. But I just haven't really gotten the feeling there's some shows and movies that do the jumping in time well where things really correlate, like depending on what's happening in the present to what's happening in the past. Whereas with this show, it just feels like they go back in the past because they have to, because they want to tell the audience what the origin point is. They want to tell the origin story, but they also want to show the heroes acting in real life and the issues and struggles that they're going through. And there hasn't really been a lot of connections, at least from what I've been able to see uh, between the two. It it seems a little bit more random in the jumping back and forth. So I I think that if if you look at both individually, I think they're both pretty good. There's obviously heroes with powers the powers are interesting uh the costume design i think is actually pretty good as well because it definitely uh lies into them being actual superheroes right so actually wearing capes actually wearing you know the spandex and everything you have uh really good heroes you have super villains you have all of these different categories and and i think it's really cool to see all of those play out but yeah i i think my biggest issue so far is probably in this the story elements not always really matching up because again individually I think that they are they're pretty well done they're pretty well written it's in the fact that they're trying to tie them both together going back and forth I don't think it works as seamlessly as they may have planned it to and in the end it seems almost like it's oh yeah we have to go back to the past because we haven't finished the origin story yet so let's go back a little further into the origin story instead of it 
connecting to what you're seeing happen in, in real life. I don't know. That, that's just what I've been getting from it in general. But those are my initial thoughts on Juber's legacy. So again, I have a couple episodes left still. And it's not a bad show. It's not a show that I, I dislike. I don't think there's a whole lot of, of wokeness in the show. Uh, I'm sure that there are people who've been able to point out some some elements of it, but I really haven't seen it. It's, it's not as really as pervasive as um, as other shows that we have seen, uh, because when they do go back in time, some of the characters who are in the show, who are African-American, obviously are dealing with a different time. And so to me, that's appropriate because it's no, you're in the 1920s now, and this is what it would have been like for African-Americans at this time. But also, it's not even a, it's not a central point. It's just a part of the general narrative. And again, I, it makes sense to me and it works. So I, I think that some people might construe that or say that that's a place that one could look to find wokeness. I don't think, though, that there is because, again, it's very it fits very well with the time period that they're in. And if things work and, and make sense historically, then I typically will not will not harp on that. But anyway, uh, let me know your thoughts if you have seen Jupiter's Legacy and uh, what your thoughts are on the show itself. All right, back into the chat. Let's see what's going on over on. Uh, okay, we got some action going on over on Odyssey. What's going on? Wake down, indeed. Set that stream on fire. Light it up over there. I appreciate it. Wake down says, side note, this was the first thing Odyssey offered to me when I logged in over here. Worth noting that your video is lagging behind your voice over here by a noticeable margin, but only here, not on YouTube. So, Wake Down, this might be your first time watching on Odyssey. That is something that I, I don't have full control over. And the reason why is because my microphone can get picked up in two different locations. Webcams can't. And so, in order to get the video to Odyssey, I have to make my Streamlabs OBS into a virtual camera. And because that signal then is being sent, there's a delay since the microphone is live and the video is slightly delayed. Now, I know that I could go into the regular OBS settings. The regular OBS is what I'm sending to Odyssey specifically because Restream doesn't support Odyssey yet. Hopefully, one day it will, and then we won't have that problem at all. But basically, what it means, though, is that there is a delay. And in OBS settings, there's a way for me to set a delay. Um, I believe there's a way to set a delay on the video so that way it matches up. But that's an unfortunate problem that is is unavoidable at the time uh but yeah that's not a that's not on odyssey's front that's just because of the way i have to get it set up uh tube you what's going on bobby yogi what's going on says hails odin watching here on odyssey because youtube is a hold yes yes indeed absolutely absolutely so thank you very much to all of my odyssey fam please if you have any comments or questions you can either do what what the wake down uh, did over there uh, by putting Odin question, or if you just tag the channel at the beginning on Odyssey, that would work too. Wakedown says, interesting, that's good to know. I've been wondering how it would work streaming to both Odyssey and YouTube. Yeah, so hopefully one day Restream, which is an app that allows you to stream to multiple locations, will add it, because then that would just be an easy fix. And until then, this is <laughs> this rigged way, essentially, of getting it over there is the only way we have. So anyway, let's go back to the YouTube chat. Actually, before we do, there was some action going on over on DLive. So let's say hello to DLive fam. We got Captain J-Rod, the beer guru. What's going on, Captain J-Rod? Always glad to have you here. He just dropped one Ninja Gini. Thank you very much for the Ninja Gini. That's a thousand lemons over 
on DLive. Thank you very much, says. Here is another Ninja Genie drive-by. Cheers, Odin. Keep on keeping on. Well, thank you very much, J-Rod. I really do appreciate it, Captain J-Rod. Always love, always love the support, man. Thank you for being a subscribe star supporter as well. Uh, I really do appreciate it, man. You're awesome. It's been a while, but I'm glad you're here. And then Daniel Thorne, thank you for dropping the three ice cream donations. Really does mean a lot, Daniel Thorne. All right, caught up with my D-Live fam. Back over to the YouTube chat. It's 7.04 in the chat. It's 7.35 in real life. That means I'm 31 minutes behind. So keep that in mind, peeps. I'm 31 minutes behind because I read the chats. It's what I do. Get some water. Wet the old whistle, as they say. Uh, Jace Doe, who is also a member, says, Odin, hello, hello, hello. Since you showed it off last stream, I was able to catch I got a copy of Rubber. Nice, Jay Stowe. Yeah, Rubber is hilarious. It is so meta in different ways. But again, if if there's only one thing I can tell you to sell you on the movie Rubber, it's about a tire that has telekinesis and kills people. If that doesn't sell you, nothing will. Uh, Southeastern Kaiju, what's going on? Soul Assassin, welcome back. Andrew Hoyle is a member, says Perry Chan is an internet wizard. Yes, he is. Mr. MH, welcome back to the channel. Appreciate it. Thirsteenth Warrior says, remember when you talk about the bad things that have happened, that Gwyneth Paltrow had to eat bread because of the pandemic? Please remember her travails and don't be selfish. <laughs> yeah, I know someone was trying to like correct that the other day. For me, it's like I don't really care about Gwyneth Paltrow. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot to me in, in the first place. But the fact that, and it's not just Gwyneth Paltrow, the fact that any celebrity, that any person with great wealth would complain about anything is just so ridiculous. It's just like, it's like Ricky Gervais says, you don't know what it's like in the real world. Most of the people in Hollywood have been in Hollywood for so long that they don't remember what it's like to be a regular everyday person that doesn't have uh, personal bodyguards around them 24-7, that doesn't have every single aspect of their life pampered, that doesn't have you know excess wealth to the degree that's insane. And so the fact that you have someone like her, who we all know is incredibly successful based on her career, the fact that she would complain at all about anything, crazy. Anyway, uh, Chris Go 612 says, you would think the internet would make... Finding films to watch easier, but surprisingly, that hasn't been the case. What films have been the hardest, rarest to track down just to watch? For a long time, Apocalypto was very hard uh, because it was actually out of print. So the Mel Gibson film Apocalypto was out of print. So the only copies available were a crazy amount of money, were only from certain regions. There was no guarantee that you would even have access to English subtitles. And so luckily, I think it was about a year or so ago, they re-released it. So now it's back in print, and now you can get it for, you know, next to nothing, like 10 to $15 on Blu-ray. And so um, that's that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that was hard to track down. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, need to combine the soul with Az's Resident Evil squeak. Well, I know the Resident Evil squeak is now on Gary's uh, road uh, roadcaster. He's, he's added that as one of the sound pads, so I can't wait to see that used uh, next Friday. Uh, let's see. Michael Skewiff, what's going on? Nathan Slay says, I'm absolutely with you. Odin pineapple is very tasty, and pizza can be tasty, but they should never be together. Nope. Absolutely not. It is forbidden. It's like the West Wing. 
in Beauty and the Beast. It is forbidden. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Badass says, Odin, your hometown is so full of food snobs that both mellow mushrooms closed. Oh, back in... Wait, are you serious? The New Orleans mellow mushrooms closed? That makes no sense. They they were... I, every time I'd go to one, they'd do, they were doing pretty well, I thought. I think there might still be one on the North Shore that is... Uh, that's still open. That's the one I went to the most. Michael Skewiff says, have you ever tried Turkish pizza? Uh, Turkish pizza? No, I haven't. What comes on a Turkish pizza? What are some of those toppings? If there are veggies, then no. I don't do the veggies. I don't do them. I don't like it. Beaver Hava says, is Bob Chapik leading Disney to disaster? Uh, Bob Chapik, Bob Iger. I think Bob Iger still pulling a lot of the strings behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, the fact that, what was it, their second quarter report came back and they're down like millions of dollars or they're, they're or they're underperforming by millions of dollars to some degree. It's really not all that surprising. Disney has one obviously chosen to in its creative arts, um, in its movies, its shows and everything decided to push certain agendas. People have been rejecting it. Remember, I've talked about this in the box office breakdown several times. They have not had Disney has not had a movie that's broken even or made profit in a long time. Like, in about a year, all the films that have come out from Disney have been massive flops based on the financials, based on the numbers. So, it, it really does not surprise me that if you add that to the fact that their theme parks were closed for a long time, that they bow down to the whims of California, they bow down to the whims of, of corporate America and to the elite class, right, with, with everything, with the COVID restrictions, right, they bow down to all that stuff... Obviously, the theme parks were where they made, made a lot, a ton of their revenue, like raw net gain profit because it's such a lucrative business. The fact that you're charging, used to, they used to charge, what, $100 a day just to get into Disney World. I think that all of those things, them not having access to, and on top of that, not recouping any of their investments on their films has been a huge bust. That's why the fact that on, on FNT, they talked about this, I think they talked about it a little bit later. But there's word now, there's reports that you could potentially see two big Marvel properties, two big Disney properties, not get showed in China. One of which would be Shang-Chi, which was made specifically with a Chinese audience in mind, trying to essentially kowtow to the Chinese audience. And if that were to happen, that could be really bad because they've, again, Disney and other companies too, have put all of their eggs into the international marketplace of which China is the biggest chunk. But as I've mentioned before, that can only be a good thing. It can only be a financial benefit if they are successful in all the other parts of the world as well. Because the return on investment in China is so incredibly small. You only get roughly, you know, studios get roughly 25% of the box office receipts from China. So if you have a movie there that makes $100 million, the studio gets about $25 million. The rest, the $75 million, goes to the Communist Party. So not only are you getting Western movies in China... And then, therefore, in order to get them there, you're having to follow whatever the censors say, follow whatever the Communist Party says as well. And then even when you do all of that, most of your money goes back to the Communist Party. And so no matter how you spin it, companies that go to China, especially for movies, are giving money to the commies, giving money to the CCP. Uh, so are they being led to disaster? It sure seems like it. It sure seems like it. Uh, what they need is they need strong leadership at the top of Disney proper. They need strong leadership at the top of Lucasfilm. And it's clear they don't got it. 
all of the IPs that were meant to, you know, shoot them to the moon are either dead or in the process of dying. I'm going to be incredibly fascinated. The, the movie I'm looking forward to the most, not because I want to see it, but from a box office perspective, is Black Widow. And the reason why is because if Black Widow underperforms, if Black Widow flops, which there's a chance it might because of the way the box office is working nowadays and because of the budget of Black Widow, then you could potentially see a major shuffle and reshuffling happening at Disney. Because if a Marvel film, which used to be a go-to success, guaranteed billion-dollar, close-to-billion-dollar success, even Captain Marvel made it to a billion dollars, I mean, if it can't even get to half of that, let alone just be profitable or break even, I think at that point, that's going to be the that's going to be the key, because we can talk about this new report that's come out and inflation coming up and all these other things. I think what's really going to be a determining factor for where Disney is in the next five years is going to be this first Marvel film coming out, and I would not be surprised if they move it again. I would not be surprised. And if they don't do that, then because they, remember, they were originally not going to have Black Widow available on Disney Plus for $30. They wanted it to be a theater exclusive. And then they realized the market's not strong enough. The market's not strong enough. And so now, last I heard, they're going to then have it available for $30 on Disney Plus. So the only other thing that they would do if they didn't reshuffle things would be to claim, oh, it was actually incredibly successful in Disney Plus. How much money did it make? Oh, well, we're not going to give you actual numbers because blah de blah de blah. Would be the only other thing I could possibly think of. Uh, James, thank you for another dollar donation via Streamlabs, man. I appreciate it. He says, favorite Robert Zemeckis film for me, it's a tie between Back to the Future and Forrest Gump. Uh, for me, it's got to be Back to the Future. I mean, Back to the Future trilogy is one of the greatest trilogies of all time. And, you know, Back to the Future has always had a very special place in my heart. It's one of my favorite films of all time. All right, at 7.09, Alex McCarthy says, is Jupiter Legacy something I would like? We all <laughs> we all know how picky I am. Alex McCarthy, I think that you would love it. I think that you would love it. Uh, <laughs> Rosie G12 says, hail Odin chat. Hail to you, Rosie G12. Thanks for being here as always. Beaver Hobbit says, your thoughts on China banning Marvel, Sh- uh, Shang-Chi, and Eternals? So again, I just responded to that. Here's the other thing too. We gotta be very careful, Beaver Hobbit. When we say they've banned it, those movies have not come out yet, have a long time to come out. So those films could still make it to China. All right? So let's just get that out of the way. When you have this much time between release dates and drama going on, Disney, being Disney, and being in the financial situation that it's going to be in, they are going to do everything they can to play ball. Remember that that they had no problem. Disney had no problem working with the Communist Party of China, when making Mulan to the point of them thanking a paramilitary group connected with the Uyghur concentration camps going on in China. Remember that there is actually a genocide going on in China of their minority Uyghur Muslim population, and Disney is associated with it. Obviously not directly, but thanking groups associated with that Uyghur concentration camp and filming very close to those concentration camps and never saying a word. In public during that whole thing. So the fact that they're already there. (laughs) The fact that Disney's already to that point. Do you honestly think that they will not do anything else. If it means their financial success in the future. Because 
I don't think they've got the moral culpability or rather the moral responsibility or the sense of morality to to stop themselves from doing anything possible to make that stuff work. So we got to be very careful when we say, oh, it's been banned, it's done, it's a done deal. Lots of things can happen because Disney could easily say, oh, let's make a deal. And China's going to be like, okay, whatever you want. Now, I don't think there's, if I had to guess of those two, What's more likely to not get back into China, it would be Eternals, and that would only be because of uh, Chloe Zhao. And the fact that Chloe Zhao, 10 years ago, made comments about not having freedom in China, which is interesting to me because everyone knows that. It's a foregone conclusion, and even the communists would have to admit that there isn't freedom in China. I mean, it's just like, how can you even... Obviously, it's all a propaganda war, but... I think of those two, if one were to stick, it would be Eternals for that reason. But let's remember this too. Disney is not out of the ability and the capacity to throw her under the bus. Disney already showed that with Gina Carano, right? They were so quick to throw her under the bus. And yet, what are they doing? Oh, that's right. She was in something else and we're going to submit her for uh, Emmy consideration. We're going we're gonna to submit her for award consideration. So we already know Disney is more than willing to throw people under the bus and still try and profit off of them. They, they, would very, they would, in a heartbeat, do the same thing to Chloe Zhao for the Eternals, if that's something that China wanted. Again, they will do anything to make China happy because at this point, China is the only way that they're going to be able to have any chance of making money at all. And even then, because China takes so much money in the first place, doesn't even mean that it would be a good, doesn't even mean it would be a good bet. Because if they put, again, all their eggs into the Chinese basket, and they make nothing in North America, and they make nothing anywhere else, guess what? They could, they could make $200 million in China. And if they make nothing elsewhere, guess what? That's a flop. Because they only get 25% of that. <laughs> All right, Laura says, excited for the return of Good Morning Asgard. Thank you very much, Laura. I am excited for it as well. And again, that will be on Odyssey exclusive. So I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, let's see, Baba Yogi. What's going on, Baba Yogi? Thank you for the $2 SS Uber chat. Says, dollars to make your studio not look like a murder case. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just that I, there's a few things about me. One, I'm lazy, if that has not ever been determined uh, <laughs> by the fact of, oh, yeah, I'll watch that at some point. Oh, I'll make that video review at some point. But obviously, a lot of that also comes down to timing, too, just having only time for certain things. And, uh, you know, especially as summer goes around, even though I'll not be at school teaching, I'll have more responsibilities as far as taking care of my son. But luckily, my son naps, and so it means that Overall, I'll I'll have more time in the day uh, to be able to do things like clean my room and everything. So at least it's not as bad as Ryan's. At least it's not as dirty as as Ryan's room. I mean, remember last night he was picking up fries off the floor, and then he was picking up gifts off the floor that he'd been sent as well. So at the very least, it might look like a murder cave, but at least it's not a hoarder's nest like RK Outpost. Shout out to RK Outpost. He's a beautiful human being. With a dirty room. And also, he might be a naked cat. But you didn't hear that from me. Anyway. <laughs> and I I have a green screen 
too. It's just, I, I have an issue with trying to figure out the lighting for it. And it's that kind of stuff that makes me more anxious. You know, I've, you know, I've very, I've been very open on the channel. I have social anxiety and it's usually very situational uh, where it really like flares up. But it's like that kind of stuff where I'm having to do like get the screen ready, make sure it's lit. And then now it's another element that if it fails to work, it's going to make me uh, freak out. But I have a green screen that I could be able to create like a, a cooler background with it. And obviously the better example or better thing to do would be just to, to clean things up overall. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that need to happen over the summer. Lots of things both necessary and un unnecessary. Uh, speaking of that, I'm actually really excited because I was able to, um, should be coming in uh, on Monday, I think, but I was able to pick up a really cool uh, camera and it's one of these like little small travel cameras that you can like wear around your neck and everything. And I got it because of a couple reasons. One, uh, there's a potential for, and I can't say much about it, but there's a potential for a... Um, there's expansion. Basically, let me just put it this way. Uh, Geeks and Gamers is is on the rise. Geeks and Gamers is doing tremendously well. And I'm trying to do more because I've not been as active with Geeks and Gamers because of just not having the time to be able to do so. The main channel trying to you know shift its focus a little bit more to uh, Box Office, of course, just now coming back. And so the Box Office breakdowns have only now just been more more consistent. Um, but one of the things and projects that, that's being talked about is one where this camera could also be a tremendous benefit and could be really cool. But here's the other thing I was thinking of with this camera is that Eventually, I'm going to be able to go back to places like Best Buy uh, to be able to do my Blu-ray collections and see what's available and the, go look at the, uh, the, the steelbooks available and everything. And remember how last time I, I went to one here in the Chattanooga area, I had my little tiny one, right? That was the re one reason why I got the little tiny uh, uh, vlog camera and I got yelled at. But with this one, because I would wear it and it's a little tiny thing, it might be enough to where no one would be able to see it. So it would allow me then to like just walk around and, and look at movies. And I don't even know what the protocol is anymore. I don't know if I'd even be able to touch the movies uh, because of everything going on. But there's at least a better chance that, of me actually getting out more and showing. And at the very least, if not there, definitely at the used bookstore and, and movie store um, that I was also going to before COVID here hit as well to try and find some of those out of print stuff and, and movies and shows to back up for the uh, preservation project. Um, but anyway, I'm very excited to be able to play around with that as well. Um, and also at some point of the summer, I am going to do another updated Blu-ray collection video, like an actual dedicated going through every Blu-ray I own because I've done it before, but it was done in a way where the, it just wasn't the best video and audio quality possible. Um, and I have a, a external mic to be able to actually do something better with that. So Hopefully, I'll be able to get that done over the summer as well. So very excited, though, with the the new little camera coming in, though, to be able to do more action stuff. And, yeah, could potentially be used for decent gamers in the future as well. And it'll make more sense, I think, um, if and when that gets announced. But I know things are still being worked on. Uh, Pat says, I like how movie trailers now have only in theaters. Yeah, seriously. It's like you can only watch this in theaters. And then a half of them probably would be like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> never mind. Orange Hour Reviews says, unfortunately, not all theaters are still open. That is also true. Pat says, bring your Thor to work summer, all summer long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could. And you, he'll probably he'll probably make a couple of appearances on Good Morning Asgard, I'd imagine. Um, of course, the, just the big issue there is that 
we want to try to keep any exposure of him as limited as possible, only just because we all know that people out there, there there's people out there that are, are crazy. There's people out there that are malicious. And the last thing I want is for anything to be used in a way that down the line could be harmful to, to him. So that's why his, his presence has been seen and has been known, but it's been more limited. And I, I think a lot of y'all, because y'all are amazing, uh, understand that. Uh, As McCarthy says, those who wish me dead stars Angelina Jolie, John Bernthal, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones and Nicholas Hall. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I had no idea that movie was being made. I'm just not an Angelina Jolie fan. So how was it? I have I don't really have a lot of desire to see it because I don't like Angelina Jolie. Just not my cup of tea. Uh, Rosie G12 at 714. Man, I'm far. I'm just like the farthest behind I've ever been in a long time. Uh, Rosie G12 says 45 million an episode is still ridiculous. Think what good could be done with that money instead of blaspheming Tolkien. Giant sigh. Well, then you go down to a whole other rabbit hole when you think about the amount of money spent on contracts for actors on movie projects, and you realize, wow. Think about all of the lives that could be saved with that money. Think about all the things that could be done. It's sad. Uh, Michael Sewiff says, I do not have high hopes for Lord of the Rings series on Amazon or the Narnia Netflix series for that matter. I feel they will add their own things. Yeah, and I think that they should just drop it. Just let those let those properties go. Let them just be what they are as they are. And if you're going to do anything with Game of Thrones, or if you're going to do anything with Lord of the Rings, create a new special edition release of the movie with extra scenes and stuff, which they're already doing. Uh, Rusty Shackelford, what's going on? Uh, and Fearture, what's going on? It says, Hail, O friends. Not seen Jupiter's Legacy yet, but have just finished Invincible. It's a great show if you ignore the wokeism that pops up now and then. Akin to the boys, well worth a watch. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard those things. The Physics Channel with Kenny Lee. What's going on? Snorter Poop, it says, I have no faith in how they're going to do Lord of the Rings, but I don't have to watch it. I'll just read my books and sigh. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the beautiful thing about the books is that they're there and they're unchanging. Uh, Mr. MH says, Odin, have you tried Lebanese pizza yet? It's freaking amazing with many varieties and types. I highly recommend and as you are a pizza aficionado, I believe you will find it delicious, I hope. It is interesting how people think I'm like a pizza aficionado, even though I have the same pizza every single Friday. <laughs> There's no variation. I like pizza, but I like pepperoni pizza. That's like my favorite, pepperoni pizza. I like double pepperoni pizza. I'll, I'll sometimes get adventurous and do like pepperoni and sausage or like pepperoni, sausage, and bacon. Um, but even with meat lovers, I'll have it if it's available, but I never order it specifically because I'm not a big fan of ham. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I don't want any veggies on my pizza. I don't want any veggies, any, any uh, you know, obviously no uh, pineapple either. Um, any other fruits on the pizza? So I'm actually not as much of an adventurer when it comes to pizza, to be honest, as far as toppings are concerned, at the very least. Andrew Hoyle says, I have a bad feeling Lord of the Rings is going to be a woke dump, dumpster fire. Yeah, I think a lot of us are feeling that way, especially with the way things are going. Uh, Nathan Slay, um, watch Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. I, I personally like it more so, um, or rather I, I personally like, uh, other movies more though. Uh, The Wake Down says, uh, Timothy Dalton's Bond films are the most grounded in reality. Yeah. And I, I enjoy them. I think a lot 
not just for that reason, because they're just really good. Alex McCarthy says, to me, the best Bond is Dalton. However, Brosnan is my favorite one. Yeah, Brosnan is, yeah, Brosnan, I think, is is pretty good. The issue with Brosnan comes in with, he probably has one of the worst Bond films, which was the last one he did with the Ice Palace, because he, at one point, is surfing a tsunami, which I think some would argue it goes back to kind of the campiness of the originals. But in the modern day world with the effects they use, it's just, it's like a jump the shark moment in a lot of ways. Yeah, Thirsty Warrior says, John Glenn, fighter pilot, astronaut, congressman, and director, serious versatility. Now, I'm pretty sure it's a different John Glenn, but <laughs> Hannibal Graham, what's going on? Uh, let's see. Jay Stowe says, all this talk about pizza, trying some authentic Indian food with some goat curry. Interesting. Uh, by the way, thank you, Jay's Doe, for always sending those digital codes. Uh, really does mean a lot. And by the way, for anyone who's a Patreon subscriber, star member, I am going to do a giveaway soon. I know I've fallen behind on that, so I'll do several of the digital code giveaways that I normally do. And then I'll also do a couple of the uh, 4K Blu-ray giveaways as well. Sorry I've fallen behind on that. But end of the school year, always just everything piles up. Rosie G12 says Netflix is doing a Narnia series. Oh no, they'll wokeify it too. I can't handle it. Yeah, I thought I heard that that there were issues with it, or it wasn't. Maybe I misheard it, but I thought I heard something about it not happening or going through production issues or something. I don't know. Pat S says I've really neglected my AMC Awards account the last year and a half, dude. Pat S, I have paid the monthly fee for AMC Premiere since they started charging people again, which was well over six months ago. And I uh, haven't been to a movie in over six months since baby Thor was born. <laughs> but I justify it by saying I'm su- I'm supporting a theater. I'm supporting my theaters because the, the theaters near me are all AMCs. So. And you all know how I feel about my theaters. Griffin Turbo, what's going on, man? Uh, Nathan Slay says, The earliest video I saw you in was you talking about the box office for Ant-Man and the Wasp and how it wasn't a flop, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it was interesting. People were talking about it being a flop. And again, I think people were trying to say it wasn't as successful as other Marvel films. But I am always I I try to always be more specific with language. I think language is an important thing. So when I hear flop, that means you lost money. You know, when I hear success, I hear, oh, you made money. So when people say, for instance, Godzilla vs. Kong was successful, I say, for pandemic time, sure, making well over $400 million worldwide, that is successful. However, it's not gotten to the point of profitability yet, based on the numbers that I have, at least. And I do always bring in the caveat that that is only taking into account box office numbers, the ones being reported. It does not take into account any other revenue streams, of which there probably are. Um, and so it very well could be profitable based on any extra deals it has but based purely on the box office, it has not crossed that line yet. Uh, see, Super says, Connery and Moore's movies are great in the sense they do exactly what they set out to do. Dalton marked a new era in trying to make films, uh, great films in general, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a good point. There's this transition that happens starting with Dalton into more serious films. And yeah, I definitely think that it definitely works. Uh, Orange Review says, Odin been watching the first phase of the MCU, and I gotta say, it still presents the same level of excitement as when I first saw them, a time when Disney wasn't involved, better days. Yeah, I mean, going back to original Iron Man, original Thor, uh, Incredible Hulk, I mean, talk about an underrated film, Incredible Hulk, the first one with Edward Norton. I mean, those are all just good movies. They're good movies. I I still can remember going with friends to see those midnight showings and just being happy 
and excited and looking forward to everything like the after credit scenes where you're like oh man and then my friends explained to me because I, I was the only one of them that hadn't read comics growing up and so they were able to explain certain characters and certain easter eggs that I missed yeah dude I, I, I miss those times it's really sad that that Disney has in a lot of ways destroyed that ability alright the chat has jumped on me and because I fell so far behind uh, I guarantee you some some comments have been skipped. It's 744 in the YouTube chat, all right? It's uh, 803 in real life, but it's 744 in the YouTube chat. So uh, just keep that in mind. If you had a comment somewhere in there uh, between where I left off and you know for a fact it was skipped, feel free to post it again. If you don't know, if you've left at any point, you're not sure, then you might just uh, leave out because I don't like repeating myself. Let's head up with uh, some other uh, places, though. Let's go to DLive. Dan Thorne says, 80 years ago today, baseball's Joe DiMaggio began his historic 56-game hitting streak. Jolton Joe hit 408 with 15 home runs and 55 RBIs. Damn, that's awesome. Uh, then says, watch Top Gun in Dolby this week. It was great finally seeing it on the big screen. The sound and visuals were nuts. Yeah, I remember when it got released in IMAX a few years back, and that was an awesome experience. That soundtrack alone in IMAX was great. Can only imagine how good it was with Dolby. And then he says, Spiral the Book uh, the book of Saw was gruesome. I like the ending and Samuel L.'s use of colorful metaphors. The movie had no rest points though yeah that's what i've heard uh so spiral which is essentially a part of the saw universe but it's kind of a i think it's kind of a spin off in a certain way but it's again still in that uh that torture-esque universe I- i've heard mixed things about it someone i think it was chris duckman did a view a review and said this something similar about how it's non-stop like you don't have any points just to catch your breath which a lot of those movies you really need to have. You really need to have those moments for you to collect your thoughts and to be able to rest. So, yeah, I mean, I might see it, but as I said, I'm not really seeing films in theaters right now just because of of response. Hopefully during the summer. The other issue, too, and I've mentioned this before, is that all the theaters near me, the ones that are open, don't have any morning showings. So the times that would be really good for me to go, um, it just it's just not happening. All right, let's see what's going on over on the, uh, let's see, we are now over on Odyssey. All right, let's see. (laughs) All right, got a lot of Odyssey stuff going on, so let's see. Uh, Baba Yogi says, shoot an email to the Salty Cracker. He's figured out the glitches between multi-streaming between platforms. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I know... The issue for me is trying to, I just need to figure out how much of a delay of the voice, like actual milliseconds, because if I can put a delay on the video, um, or rather on the voice, on the vocals, I can make it match up with the with the video, and that would be able to fix it, unless he's found another uh, thing like Restream. Uh, so he then reiterated that he seamlessly streams on multiplayer again. I do too. I use Restream and there is there is a way for me to do it. I would just have to start paying a monthly fee to Restream and the fee to me is just not it's not that I couldn't afford it. It would just be it's it's one of those things where it's like if it was like $10 a month or something like that, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, you know, whatever. It's it's worth it." But I think it's like 50 a month or something. It's something where it's like, "Ah, it's just not it's just not a good deal." For, for what you get. But with, with Restream, if you pay the premium for it, you have an extra custom uh, link, or rather a custom RTMP is what it's called. 
and then I could put Odyssey there and it would work. That would work fine, actually. Um, so I'm just waiting for them to add, hopefully Restream adds Odyssey as a native app because then for the, uh, the free platform, you could do it as well. Uh, let's see. Wake Down says, I would imagine that this hurts all the more so far. So for Marvel, basically getting banned in China, though I am I'm interested in seeing Black Widow. Probably the last time we'll see ScarJo in that outfit. <laughs> no, dude, they're going to bring her back. I mean, that's just it's so obvious at this point because they're going to learn very quickly. And especially if if Black Widow fails, if Black Widow does not deliver at the box office, that to me should be a big sign to them saying, if even Black Widow, who is an OG character, who's a film that should have come out five years ago, that people wanted five years ago, plus years ago, uh, wanted wanted to have, uh, her, you know, people to have, one people wanted her to have her own movie. If even she can't make money during this time period, especially, how in the heck could they expect a new character who's even more like specific audience? Because keep in mind, you're dealing first with characters that have broad appeal. Captain America has a very broad appeal among various audiences. But when you start getting into these nitty-gritty, very obscure characters, and you yourselves are admitting, oh, we want to go for this specific audience, you are now limiting your vision. You're now going into the Brie Larson mindset of, this wasn't made for you. And then when you realize that the people you're not making it for are the people that make up the vast majority of your audience, guess what that does? It means it's going to cut into your bottom line. So that's why, as I said before, the Black Widow receipts are going to be the most interesting to see because if it does not do well, be ready for her to get back, be brought back to life, which probably was a part of the plan in the first place. Get ready to see Chris Evans back on the big screen. Get ready to see Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man because, again, they will do anything. They will throw as much money as they possibly can in order to try and make money back. And that might be the only way they're able to do it. Um, all right. And then I think I've got wake down that says I can clip this stream, load it into video pad and tell you down to the hundredth decimal place what the delay is. Oh, wake down. Sounds very, uh, scientific, but yeah, uh, go right ahead. Cause that was something I was going to do on my own anyway. And then I can try and uh, fix that at some point. All right, heading back over to YouTube at 7.44 in the chat. It's 8.09 in real life. We've got about 20 minutes left, so I'll do my very best to catch up with as many people as I can. All right. Rosie says, they missed their window on Black Widow. It should have come out before she died at Endgame. Yeah, it should have come out more than five years ago when there was actual genuine interest. And then when her character died, it's like, why would we want to go watch it now? Again, there's some, don't get me wrong, there's going to be people who are ScarJo fans for multiple reasons who would want to see her again on the big screen. Is it going to be enough? I don't know. Forever Sci-Fi says, being that it's a communist country, I doubt they even make 25% with all the corrupt officials along the way taking their cut. Well, Forever Sci-Fi, that's the thing though, is that they probably get 25% because of all the corruption. So (laughs) they probably could get more um, but the 25% is what allows for the corruption. Because keep in mind, if a movie is making hundreds of millions of dollars in China, and they're like, okay, here's your 25%, that leaves lots of money left for corruption. So no, they definitely would get the 25%. Um, but I think the re- one of the reasons why it's as low as it is is because it allows for better use of corruption. Moons of Madness, welcome to the chats. Glad to see you in there. Not another dime as a member says they will pirate them and give Disney nothing. Yeah, 
Again, that's absolutely something you see happening a lot more often now. And that's it's interesting how Hollywood was all on board, right? Going along with the party line, going along with the big government narrative, stay at home, be afraid, be very afraid. And guess what? They essentially dug their own graves because they then pushed more people to streaming services. And by doing that, it means they also, by just natural occurrence, push more people to piracy as well. So I honestly think they just sped up the process of people learning about piracy because people were forced to learn because they were at home. So they either had they had two options. They could either pay all of the different subscription fees for all the new services that are available and have it cost essentially what a cable subscription used to cost, or they get a fire stick for like 20 bucks, download a couple of apps and get access to whatever they want in pretty good quality, especially if the studios are going to release it onto HBO Max and all the streaming services right away, what that means is that any person who's pirating stuff can literally get the highest quality version of it to put up. So you're talking now about people who have access for most movies now to the highest quality possible edition for a one-time investment of around $20 for a Fire Stick. Because <laughs> there's tons of videos online on YouTube even. Still hold up, still on YouTube. I'm amazed that YouTube even allows them to exist. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if that changes at some point. But yeah, dug their own grave. Rosie says, thank you, 100% right on ScarJo and the plank. Yep. Uh, GomerCal79, he's a member, says, I don't know they hacked Christopher Robin awful fast. Wait, what? I think that was because it was released. I actually don't quite understand that reference, to be honest. Uh, Super says, agreed. Can't remember, is Black Widow going into theaters as well? Because with all the COVID restrictions lifting soon, I wonder how they will affect mind... Uh, mindsets and the box office yeah last i heard it's gonna have the same treatment as raya and the last dragon and also a, a couple of the other films uh like for instance mulan where in this case they will release on on disney plus same day but it'll be 30 dollars per premiere but you could also go to see it in theaters for a lot less and yeah it'll be interesting to see those money those uh that money come in uh, Rosie says, hmm, no freedom in China and water is wet. Yeah, seriously, right? <laughs> uh, Andrew Hoyle says, did I say death camps? I meant happy camps where you will eat finest meals, have access to the fabulous doctors and be able to exercise regularly. Oh, is that from, I always forget. Is that from South Park? Uh, isn't that from Bigger, Longer, Uncut? Yes, yes, because it's in the, uh, it's in the, <laughs> the propaganda about joining the army, the march of war and then it talks about how the canadians will be picked up and put into camps isn't that what it was did i say death camps i meant happy camps <laughs> oh south park jace doe says gina need to say hell no and not go back yeah i don't know why she would the only reason why she would is because she loves the fans and she loves the character and it would allow her to have a platform to say hey look you can't you can't get canceled if you don't can't if you don't allow yourself to get canceled. And actually, to be honest, it would actually elevate her even more so because then she would be like, "Okay, I'm working for you again, but I'm not stopping. I'm not shutting up." And if they want her that badly, if they think that she's that valuable, they'll let her have whatever contract or whatever she wants. Um, I don't think it's gonna happen though. I, I honestly don't. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, "Duck Fisney, absolutely." 
Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, I was born in communist Poland, and my dad spent six months in prison for speaking out. Disney will not get one cent from me. They can go begging to their masters. Yeah, Forever Sci-Fi. Um, thank you for sharing that about your dad, dude. That's that's horrible. And yeah, I mean, there's so many people who've lived under communist regimes, and it's just amazing to me how a lot of young people, right, who really just don't know anything have not actually read history, have not actually talked to people who've lived under these regimes, and yet they try and act as if it's this utopian concept. The problem with utopia is that someone's got to be in charge, and whoever's in charge is going to have all centralized power and authority. And unless the person is a benevolent dictator or a benevolent king, you're you're not going to have a good time. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... Oh, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. Rosie says, doing business with commies is doing business with the devil, plain and simple. I agree. And Rosie would know, uh, like I and other uh, Catholics, about why we have a lot of concerns about the dealings that have happened between the Vatican and China. There's a lot of shady stuff going on there because they essentially bow down to China by allowing the Communist Party to choose bishops. That still boggles my mind that there are bishops of the Catholic Church in China that were chosen and handpicked by the communist and the Pope was like, okay, in our deal, and I'm pretty sure the deal included money going to the Vatican. <sighs> Orange Air Views, Disney would have to pull its LGBT content in the Eternals to get a Chinese release and they already said that the overt moments are plot heavy. Yep. Orange Chat, I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you, man, Disney will do whatever it has to to make money. And I think a big indicator of what they will do with that film will be how well or how not well uh, you see from the upcoming films to be released, like Black Widow. We'll see. Robert Frey, what's going on? Uh, The um, 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 Nemesis, what's going on? Forever Sci-Fi, there are a couple of homeless people still lost in Ryan's room. <laughs> uh, the Wake Down, thank you for the $2 super chat. He says, the delay is 2- 0.271 of a second. Okay, I will write that down. 0.271 of a second. It's very precise, man. Thank you. I'll try and adjust that at some point. But I am very far behind, so let me focus on this. Thank you for that super chat, Wake Down. You could have just put it in the Odyssey chat. I, again, I, I get to all the chats, but YouTube's the one that has the most people, and so it takes me the longest. Thursday Warrior says, Are you telling us there's not a pilot of used pizza plates and stale nacho and cheese Doritos off your screen at your feet? No, there's actually there's no food products ever at my feet. If there's ever a food product or a used food product, I have a trash can, and it's in the trash can. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. I have a messy room. Uh, food items, though, I, I don't leave out. That's just not my thing. That's that's kind of disgusting. Uh, GMuggy76 says, yes, the return of movie mornings, and I'm finally off of midnights at work. Sad that I don't get to touch the remote. No, GMonkey, no. Uh, someone was like, no green screen. Don't do it. Sort of Poopa says, green screen can be freaky, especially if you drink out of a green cup. That's the other thing, is that I'd have to probably be more aware of my of my clothing as well. Uh, Gomer Kyle 79 says love Chattanooga it's a beautiful place great for hiking 
Thursday Warrior says, with a traveling camera, be careful of the background music. It can get your video a copyright strike. Oh, yeah, trust me. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I try to always listen to what's being played. And uh, especially for that, if, I were, if I'm able to use that camera inside Best Buy and other places, I'll probably end up filming a voiceover for it anyway. So I wouldn't have to necessarily worry about it. Someone put OMC, Odin's Murder Cave. <laughs> Odin's murder box, OMB. Uh, Gomakal79 says, The only bad thing about Chattanooga is I hate Eastern Standard Time and the humidity is killer in the summer. Uh, Gomakal, so the first thing I agree, uh, the fact that we are the westernmost city in Eastern Time is, is something that drives me nuts, especially when trying to talk with family and everything. However, humidity... I, I've been here already for, for a couple of summers, or at least one full summer and part of another summer, and I can say it, it, it ain't nothing. Keep in mind, I'm from the swamp. I was in New Orleans my entire life. New Orleans is literally a swamp. No, no, no. No humidity is going to be even close to the humidity of New Orleans. Year-round humidity, by the way. So, no, it's, I'll be okay. I don't think the humidity is that bad so far that I've been here. <laughs> Hannibal Grimm says, see it despite Jolie. He says, okay, so Hannibal thinks it's good. Forever Sci-Fi says, too beige for a murder cave. Follow Deadpool's advice. <laughs> Thursday Warrior says, I like Jolie's dad. Jolie's dad is rock solid. Pat S says, it's okay, Odin. You can read this chat on Tuesday. <laughs> too late. Too late. Forever Sci-Fi says, the only fruit allowed on pizza is the sauce. Exactly, because tomato is indeed a fruit. Super Anime Gamer says, did you see that one Amazon executive's comment that the Lord of the Rings show needs to have a global audience? It already has, it already does have one, you fool. Yeah, to say that Lord of the Rings is not an internationally loved product is ridiculous. That's just their code phrase of saying, no, we want to appeal to new audiences. At that point, then you ask the question, then what the point? What's the point of the show? If the if the main point of the show is not to give honor to the source material, to use new technology to improve upon previous tellings of the source material, then you shouldn't touch it at all. If you're not gonna add anything to it, like by add I mean if you're not going to improve upon it, not to say that you can improve upon the source material, but you know what I mean, the presentation in a live-action format, unless you're going to be able to actually improve upon that, then you shouldn't do anything with it. Because if your main objective is to touch the source material, guess what? No one wants that. Forever Sci-Fi, lamb, uh, lamb curry is better than goat curry. Too easy to choke on the bones they leave in the goat curry. Well, that just sounds, uh, that sounds no bueno. I, no thank you for that. Uh, Tina, I'm sorry, but financially, no. According to the box office numbers, that is not correct. It was not a successful film. Uh, Michael, Michael Skewip, Fox Pictures made a mistake in not, in, in not continuing the Narnia series with the Silver Chair movie. It was in development with Will Poulter returning as Eustace. It was canceled. I actually think it was a good thing because those movies were not going in a good direction. Um, th- those movies were not making more and more and more money. Um, from what I can remember, at least. All right, YouTube chat jumped on me like it always does. So thank you again for being here. Please be sure to smash that like button. It means a lot. Luckily, no comments were skipped this time. So let me find where I left off, and then we will uh, pick up with Dadman Walking at 8.05. 
Uh, we will be moving to members only very soon. Members only. Very, very soon. All right. So no no new action over on Odyssey. So Odyssey fam, thank y'all very much still for supporting. I appreciate y'all very much. And again, Wake Down, thank you for finding out what the delay was. And let me head back over to my DLive fam. Let's see. Daniel Thorne says, since you don't like jellies, how about peanut butter and honey sandwich versus a grilled cheese sandwich? Never had honey on a peanut butter sandwich because it's just extra work. When the peanut butter sandwich is already good, why would I want to change it? If it's good, then I'll, I'll keep doing it. If it needs improvement, then I will try to improve it. I would still go peanut butter, probably. I do like grilled cheese, though, too. Daniel Thorne says, uh, so pineapple is forbidden on pizza. How about chocolate chips? On pizza? Not forbidden, but why? Why would you do why would you do that? Daniel Thorne says Pirate Group NTG was shut down by Alliance for Creativity and Entertainment. Hollywood is bereft of creativity. Why not go after them? Yeah, fair point. Daniel Thorne then says apples and pecans are good on pizza. No, you're no, you're, you're getting too fancy. You just need bread, tomato sauce, cheese, meat. That, that, that's all you need. It's simpler that way. It's the way that it was made to be. All right. Back to YouTube. Members only. Members only comments now. the 5 says, Hail all. Just done having pizza and watching the Frighteners with the family. We'll see what's left in the remaining time. Nice, Dadmanwalker55. Uh, I've never seen the Frighteners myself. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good. JM2021, thanks for being here. Jay Stowe says, This is one of the two movies I am looking forward to, Spiral, as well as A Quiet Place 2. Out of those two, Quiet Place 2, which I believe comes out end of May, that's one where I will definitely find a way. Uh, I want to see that one in theaters. I would rather see that one in theaters. Um, but obviously, if I can see it faster, because isn't that also one coming out? No, no, no. I, don't, I can't remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm going to see that film opening day or weekend because that was one of my most anticipated films before it got delayed uh to a crazy degree rosie says i'm with you on those types of movies talking to soul assassin so i missed that part cats of sherman (laughs) cats of sherman welcome peter han welcome going on (laughs) so don't mention that name what name martha uh rosie says it makes me laugh at the people who spout supposed inclusivity are the same folks that say this movie isn't made for you exactly thursday warrior disney will find their new marvel properties get lots of mentions on twitter but sell no theater tickets exactly thirteenth warrior exactly because the people that are vocal on twitter aren't actual consumers they don't actually buy the products And they definitely don't buy it to the same degree that hardcore fans do. That's the lesson that Disney learned. When you turn off the hardcore fan base, you lose a lot of money. Remember, they lost half of the income. From the first movie making $2 billion plus to the last movie making barely over a billion dollars, that's about half the audience. Because remember that, and I forget what the rule is in economics, but basically the the most uh, die-hard small percentage of fans make up the vast majority of money spent on any given property. But they just don't get that. They don't get it. 
All right. Again, we are members only on YouTube to help with time since we're getting close to the end. Thursday Warrior says, Piracy, with cat-like tread upon our prey we steal. In silence, tread our cautious way we feel. Pirates of Penzance. Still need to see that. Thank you to Laura's, uh, Laura Story for sending me that one. My wife, though, has been... That's one I can't watch on my own. My wife wants to watch it with me. And also, she doesn't want to watch the film because she would rather us, hopefully, one day be able to watch it in person. But at some point, I'm going to push to say, well, since the performances aren't happening anytime soon, let's go ahead and, and do this instead. All right, Andrew Hoyle says, Year, free films on the horizon there be. Oh, sorry. Yar, free films on the horizon there be. Yeah, seriously. Uh, there's one channel that, that is dedicated to teaching people how to get access to stuff using fire sticks. Again, fire sticks are pretty cheap nowadays, and I think any technically any Android streaming device could do it. Um, but most success that I've seen has been with fire sticks. Orange Review says, huh, finally hit 700 subs. Neat. Congratulations, Orange Hat Reviews. Shout out to you, good sir. Congrats on the 700 subs. He's a good dude. He is a good dude. Uh, oh, Balky Walkie, Balk, 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 Balk. Welcome back to the chat. Hound 3000, welcome back to the chat as well. Glad to see you here. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, Confessions in the Chinese Catholic Church sound like a hazardous endeavor. Seriously. Absolutely. Why would any... And that's why... Forever Sci-Fi, that's why there is also an underground church which is faithful to the magisterium, not a part of the Communist Party, and are actively being hunted down by the Communist Party for not signing up with the government. With the government church. And... The, the Vatican could have stood up for them and, and could have, but instead <laughs> they've essentially tried to, they've tried to encourage people to leave the underground. And it's like, uh, so many things that I could say, but I won't for it is not the time or place for it. Maybe the good morning Asgard podcast. Forever sci-fi. Sorry. Uh, Father Christopher Miller says, I'm back. What's going on? Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Welcome back. Uh, let's see, Tina B, who is a member on the, rather, she is a chosen of a, but more importantly, she's a Valkyrie. She says, uh, Cameron Pasha had some interesting comments about the whole Disney thing. When you're on the inside like he is, you can read between the lines. He thinks Favreau read The Prince. Yeah, I I remember you posting that. And again, I'm not saying that he's wrong. I just don't think Favreau would do it, to be honest. I, I just don't think Favreau would make that kind of a move because if it was uncovered that he did, that would probably be the end of his career at Disney. And I don't think he would do that. He seems like a very loyal company guy. So I just, I don't, I don't really see much there, there. It seems, it seems more like speculation, which I'm fine with speculation, but Golden, <laughs> yes, green shirts with the green screen. Thursday warrior says humidity. Huh? I laugh at humidity. I'm from Nolens. Exactly. Thirsty. Exactly. Um, this is a name I have not seen in a long time. Lost Soldier 212. Welcome back, Lost Soldier. It's been a hot minute. And by hot minute, I mean it's been a long time, dude. Thank you for being back. Snorpoopus says, I was only in Chattanooga once. I didn't get a feel for the area because I was being a tourist. I love the mountains and the views. The hiking is beautiful. Forever Sci-Fi says, it's not high humidity. It's breathable water. For You're talking about New Orleans? Yes. You are swimming in the humidity in New Orleans. 
That is indeed a fact. All right. So again, we are members only comments over on YouTube to finish off the show. Um, oh Lord. I'm gonna have to also say, yeah, I'm all right. So let me catch up with, uh, so D live, if y'all can, uh, if y'all can hold off the comments, I'm going to finish up with DLive and then we're going to finish up with members and then we'll finish up the actual stream because we are at time and I don't want to skip too many. So let's see. Uh, Danny Thorne says apples and pecans. I got that one. He also says can't wait for Quiet Place 2. Downside is can't get any popcorn to keep the silence. <laughs> he then says lots of warm, friendly hugs to everyone on Odin's. Uh, it's OMB Reviews now. I need to change the name on, uh, on DLive and other places still, but it's OMB Reviews now. Uh, Captain J-Rod's back. What's going on, Captain J-Rod? We're, we're getting close to the end of the show. So again, members only on YouTube now because I got to finish these things off. All right. Father says, I was actually supposed to be in Knoxville Monday as my priest friend is getting ready to retire and classmates from Philly are going to, out to see him. Got too much traveling to do 90 days till Vegas. Ooh, okay. Um, well, I'm sorry that you weren't in the area. Could have met up, Father. Um, let's see. Thursday Warrior says, most of the world's tech innovations have been made by lazy people. Odin Solidarity, my brother. <laughs> Forever Sci-Fi says, apple and pecan, and that's not pizza, that's cake. Exactly, yes. Andrew Hoyle says, The Frighteners is such a good movie. Damon Five says, The Frighteners was entertaining, but a bit hokey. So he has mixed thoughts there, it seems. Um, yeah, members only jacket from Steph. Exactly, exactly. Uh, let's see. Jaysto says, Now, Odin, as far as rubber, I was sold the first time on its fourth wall for no reason. Exactly. Yes, Jaysto. <laughs> and if you've seen, I think you said that you saw it too. Not just that you got it, but you saw it. You know what I'm talking about now. Because, yeah, you have this fourth wall break and you're like, What? Why? Binoculars? What? <laughs> Father then says, Forget tomato sauce for pizza. I prefer white pizza, garlic, and olive oil. Ooh, yeah. That does sound good. I do prefer the traditional pizza myself, though. Uh, Matt Hess, welcome to the chat. Glad to have you here. All right, we're almost done with the members' comments on YouTube. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, It's not Favreau. He will forever be gutter to me thanks to PCU. Gutter is a tool. Elizabeth Lyons, welcome back, Elizabeth Lyons. She's also a member. She says, it's a party in the chat. Hi, Odin, what's going on, Elizabeth Lyons? It is a party indeed. Father then says, oh, I was going to ask if you've seen the trailer for George R. Romero's The Amusement Park. The 1973 film is premiering next month. No, I have not. What do you mean 1973 film premiering? It never came out? Like, was it never finished, and now finally it's getting an actual release? Pat says, apple pecan, that's not cake, that's pie. Ooh, we got some fighting going on. We got some fighting words going on. All right. Anyway, that is all of the comments. So thank you all very much for being here this evening. It has been a fun one. Thank you for always making my Tuesdays and Saturdays a, a good time. So please be sure to smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Light up the fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. And thank you to the Odyssey fam for helping out, figuring out exactly what is going on. Uh, during all of these uh, different events in the history of the streaming wars. Uh, and so let's go ahead and shout out some people, though. So at the end of every stream, I do shout out my YouTube members who are at the Army of Asgard level and above. So shout out to Mondo Spieler, Gomer Kyle 79 Your Muslim Uncle, Kara Tharp, Eric Jewett, Rich the Savior, 
Dadman Walkie 55, M Tack Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange Hat Reviews, Adam Avery, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much for being fantastic people. Shout out once again to Tina and Steph, the Valks, for being amazing mods and being with the channel as long as you possibly could. Rosie says she fat shamed very nastily as in a 50 pound super chat. It was nasty. I don't even know what that is a reference to, but that doesn't sound nice. Um, let's see. There's the warrior says great show tonight. Thanks to a lively chat. Yes, yeah, seriously. The chat was on fire tonight. So thank you all very much for being engaging with the comment, uh, with the content. Uh, we got 61 people watching still. So seriously, from the bottom of my heart, it's a lot of places that you could be on a Saturday night. So the fact that you choose to spend even just a little time with me having these conversations is great. So again, thank you all very much for being tonight for being tonight, for being here tonight. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. I hope you all have a wonderful evening. I will see you all on Tuesday for the One Man Low Council. Should be a good time. And please be on the lookout, Patreon subscribe star members, for giveaways coming up very, very soon. I will catch up on that. And again, much love to the Valks. Just want to say that once again. Have a wonderful night, everybody. And as always... God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Patreon and Subscribestar members for the month of May. Ali C83, Andrew Hoyle, Biffer de Hobbit, Brian P, Dion, Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mike Jackson, Mr. Peabody, and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B. Thank you all very much for being my Patreon members this month. I really always appreciate you. And to my Subscribestar members, Fast uh, fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan4, John B., Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, the new number two, J-Rod, the beer guru, Nevadanji Adams, and ZK Man. Thank you very much for supporting me on Subscribestar. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every video and live stream, please consider joining on Patreon or Subscribestar. And if you join at some of the higher levels, you get access to things like giveaways, where every month I do giveaways of 4K titles, steelbooks, and Blu-rays. And again, more information can be found over on Patreon and Subscribestar. And at the higher levels, you also get access to an exclusive bi-weekly, rather, bi-monthly podcast, <laughs> depending on our schedules. We at least get one long podcast out. We try and get two podcasts out as often as we possibly can every single month with John the Flick Pick Flickinger. So again, check out more information. And if you are at the chosen of Valhalla level, which is the highest level available, you not only get all of those things, you also get in your first month a free t-shirt and also access to the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where I have my Chosen on a stream talking, asking questions, answering questions, talking about movies and anything that they want to talk about. So if all that stuff sounds like fun to you, check out those links below and support the channel in whatever way you can. I do appreciate you, whether you are a member, whether you are a supporter on Patreon Subscribestar, or whether you are simply supportive in general, leaving comments and likes. 
I really greatly appreciate it. You guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Have a wonderful day. And as always, God bless.